0: Okay, you could start whenever.
1: Welcome back to episode 3 of the Born Again Again podcast. I'm Katie and I'm Joe. We're an ex-Christian couple learning how to live on the other side of religion. On this podcast we'll talk about our journey, reasons we left the church, things we're going through now and ways we've grown since.
0: So today, we're going to talk about our personal relationship with Jesus, uh, what it meant to us at the time we thought we had it, and what it means to us now, looking back.
1: Mm-hmm. And so this is, it was really hard to define. What do you think that a personal relationship meant to you, and how did you know when other people had it?
0: It is really hard to define, and I think even when I was a Christian, and even when I would have told people that I had a personal relationship with Jesus, it was a little bit muddy, Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me that mainly just meant that I felt like I had a lot of faith and that I like prayed a lot. Um, you're and, constantly
1: talking to and God. I
0: felt like I was learning from the Bible a lot. And to me, I think that's kind of what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus was like praying a lot and reading the Bible a lot, kind mm-hmm. of like talking to God and then hearing from God, so to speak, from the Bible.
1: Mm hmm. And I feel like it was evident in people who were really happy. Like if you were a really joy-filled Christian, that meant that you probably had a personal relationship with Jesus and you weren't just religious, which was maybe seen as you going to church every Sunday and yeah. then checking out afterwards. Yeah,
0: that was the buzz. That was like the phrase to say, right? It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Yes, exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, well, um, did
0: you what did you feel? What did, What do did you think a personal relationship meant to you? Because at one point you felt like... Did you ever feel like you had a personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah, I
1: thought so because I... I like buried myself in it and I, I was reading the Bible every day and I was talking to God all day, like everything that would happen. I'd constantly be asking him to show me the way. And so it felt like you were always talking to someone. You're always
0: checking in with them all the time. So it felt like maybe you had a good relationship. I mean,
1: if you have an invisible friend as a child, it feels the same way. Like you're always talking to that friend, always thinking about them thinking about them. And so they become real to you. And I think like, I mean, if you're always talking to someone, even if they're not there, Um, it seems like you have a relationship with them, a personal relationship with them. And so I don't know. I, it was really, it's really hard to like, I think that it's something that Christians, they use that phrase a lot, but like, it's really hard to define and you kind of know it when you see it and you feel it when you have it. And it's, it it was just hard to define. So we actually looked up some definitions. Yeah.
0: For this podcast, we didn't really have a good definition for it. So we thought, well, let's look at some like, trusted figures in christianity now um so the first one i, I looked up uh, it was on billygram.org
1: good old uh, billy Graham. good old
0: billy and he said one of the bible's greatest truths is that god not only wants us to believe in him but he also wants to have a personal relationship with us and this can be true for us because god has done everything possible to make it a reality let me explain it this way suppose you were asked if you believed that a certain famous person exists A celebrity, for example, or a noted sports figure, you would say yes, because you see the evidence for their existence all the time. But if you were asked if you actually knew them and had a personal relationship with them, you'd probably have to answer no. You've never met them, nor do you talk with them or spend time with them.
1: So are we pausing here? I think you should, because it's weird, the first time we read this, that he likens God to a celebrity, um, and that we see evidence of those famous people existing, but... You and I are both thinking the evidence that a celebrity exists and the evidence that God exists is two separate things. You can't, I feel because, like this isn't
0: a great comparison. It's not a good analogy. The celebrity I can see with my eyes if I'm near Sometimes them. Sometimes in New York they're we've, on TV. we've
1: seen celebrities. We
0: saw Steve Buscemi. I've never
1: seen God in <laughs> in our local coffee shop.
0: Steve Buscemi played God in that one show, didn't he? And we saw him in our local coffee okay, shop. Okay, so we saw God.
1: <laughs> so, but then celebrities like tweet, they're on Instagram, there's like evidence of them actually existing and like putting something out into the world. Yeah. It's not the same the, the evidence for them existing is a different evidence than the what you would call evidence for God existing.
0: Right. Well, let's let's finish what he has to say about this. Maybe he's not even going to talk about that. Um, OK, the same is true with God, says Billy Graham. We can believe that he exists and we should because he has given us all the evidence we need to believe in him. But we also can come to know him personally, and when we do, we know he is with us all the time, and we can talk to him in prayer and listen to him speaking to us through his word, the Bible. How can you know God personally? Only one thing keeps us from him, and that is our sin. But Christ came to erase our sins by his death on the cross, and as we open our hearts to him, he comes to live within us. By faith, ask Christ to take away your sins and come into your life today, and he will. Jesus said, "I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me."
1: Right. I feel like this answer totally made sense when you're going to church every Sunday and you're buying into the Bible. But like after reading it now, after a few years, it I'm still like, but how do you know him personally? But like,
0: wait, what kind of relationship is this?
1: Yeah is it a is it a personal relationship? What are you doing? Like, how is it personal compared to before when you just were going to church and reading your Bible? Yeah.
0: So he's kind of saying we can have a personal relationship with christ by asking him to come into our lives and then reading our bible
1: and yeah and we're you know we're talking to him all the time through par- prayer like you said and we're listening to him speak to us through his word so that's his but we need to clear our ourselves of we sin. we need to get all of our and ask our christ sin. to take away our sin and then we can have a personal relationship okay. with him well okay. that's what a person that's what it is
0: so okay so that's kind of confusing, but that's what Billy Graham has to say. Okay. So I I'll, thought, well, let's look up another one.
1: Yeah, so we found out that John Piper has something to say.
0: So this is from DesarvingGod.com.
1: All right. It says, don't try to run away from the Bible to find a relationship with God in the woods or in some kind of aesthetic encounter with nature or with a great piece of art. Those are all supplementary. We remind ourselves when we get discouraged about our relationship with God – Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Fear not. I'll be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41.10 You remember those words and call them to mind because they are from a promise in the Bible. Then you say, Thank you, Lord. I will take this next step of obedience. And at that moment, a relationship has been enjoyed. And a communication has been experienced. A communication between just you talking And that's how you walk moment by moment with God through this life. So let me repeat. Okay,
0: wait a minute. Yeah. Let me repeat. (laughs) Okay.
1: You remember the words of Isaiah. Don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Fear not. I'll always, I'll be with you wherever you go. So you remember those words and call them to mind because they are from a promise in the Bible. Then you say, thank you, Lord. I will take this next step of obedience. And at that moment, a relationship has been enjoyed and a communication has been experienced. And that's how you walk moment by moment with God through this life. I'm trying to think of myself explaining this to a person who has no idea what Christianity is. had never heard of it before. I feel like this is language for Christians. Right. Like, I don't think I would understand. I don't feel like I could explain this to somebody who is a non-believer I feel and like they if understand.
0: You, if someone asked you what a relationship with God looked like and you said this to them, they would be like, that doesn't really sound like a relationship Mm-mm. to me. I, I feel like what's being described in what you just read by John Piper is like him saying, read this old book and obey what it says. Now you have experienced a personal relationship with the author. Mm hmm. That seems really weird to me. that That doesn't really feel like
1: I know a relationship. <laughs> a relationship,
0: as much as it feels like you reading a book and then obeying it, and then saying, "I have a great relationship with the author."
1: Yeah, it doesn't seem that much of a relationship. I don't know. I can't even say it any know, other it's, different it's way. It's it just what it. I don't know. What does everyone else see? It yeah. seems like, seems like this isn't a relationship. And okay. I feel like this is, this podcast is brought on by like one of our friends was talking about what do people mean when they have a personal relationship? Like, where's the relationship there? Yeah. And we started seeing that more and more. Like, what is this relationship like, wait, with is there Jesus? Actually
0: a relationship. I know it's easy to, I think it's kind of like an easy thing to say. It's not religion. It's a relationship because that kind of makes Christianity seem less rigid and less old school and mm-hmm. less like, Religious, but when we actually try to figure out what it means to have a relationship with Jesus, it's kind of hard to find an answer. Mm-hmm. So we we looked up um, Crew Campus Crusade for Christ. I guess formally Campus Crusade for Christ, but Crew has a a little booklet, a tract that we shared with a ton of different people mm-hmm. when we were part of the organization. And that book is called Knowing God Personally. Um, they refer to it as the KGP, which is eerily similar sounding to the KGB. Um, mm-hmm. where to know God personally, according to this booklet, according to their, like, their teachings, to know God personally means that you have to replace yourself on the throne of your life with Jesus. Um, and then at the very end of the book, the final, like, call to action that is at the end of the book, the key to having a relationship with Jesus is instructions for a non-believer to pray. Um, and that prayer that the non-believer is supposed to say in order to begin their relationship with Jesus. Is I open the door of my life and receive you as my savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life. Make me the kind of person that you want me to be.
1: And this tract we read to so many students. We
0: read this to a lot of students. And if you are one of those students, I am sorry. I'm sorry if we made you feel guilty and reading made this. made to you, you feel sinful. But according to this, it kind of sounds like knowing God personally. Means that you are in complete submission to him. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He like it's a relationship. I don't know. It's not even a relationship. I keep using that word because it, that's what we're talking about here. But it's like in this relationship that they're talking about, that they're setting up and explaining to us. He is at the wheel at all times he is mm-hmm. in absolute control and you are in absolute submission and that's the only
1: way time. it works like Cruz says you have to be you have to take yourself off of the throne of your life that just basically means that you just have to let go of control in your life and let Jesus have control of your life and I feel like a lot of things are explained when you just, when you take them outside of the Christian context and put them into real life, like a real life analogy. So like, let's say you wanted to start a relationship with a person. It could be a friendship or like a dating relationship. And the only way that you can be in this relationship that they tell you is that they need to be in control at all times. Do you feel like you would be happy in that, that seems relationship? Like a red flag. And I know, I know that people say, well, that's God is God. You know, God deserves, he's not like a friend friend. He's like different. He's divine. So like there's a different kind of relationship here, but then you need to stop using the phrase. I have a personal relationship with Jesus because what your relationship is, is a slave master relationship. If this is the case,
0: it's totally like authoritarian dictatorship kind of relationship.
1: It's like if Joe was saying to me, whatever i want you to be in a relationship with me but in order to do that you have to change every part of you um and if you don't change every part of you and let me in i'm gonna basically kill you <laughs> i'm gonna put you in hell yeah it's it's just strange i don't i think like when people we're realizing when people use it as such a good thing like i'm in a personal relationship with jesus we started thinking like is it really a good thing are you what are you talking about
0: like is it a relationship? I- Yeah, I think that Christianity kind of hijacks a lot of different words
1: and makes them their own. Makes them
0: mean different things. And like in this context, I I don't know. To me, relationship with a person, or like if I have a relationship with someone, it means that we communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. Like I, I talk to them, they hear me. I know that they hear me. They talk to me back. I can hear them clearly, and I understand what they're saying. And we like you know, we, we get along, we can, we we can communicate with each other. And we give and take. Yeah. And one
1: person does this for some, the other, and then the, the other person does something else for the other person, whatever. Like you're not always like needing to be submissive to this one person.
0: In a good relationship, I feel like neither side should require that the other side has to like change Mm -mm. in order to keep being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I mean. I suppose if you were, like, in a relationship with somebody and they started doing something you didn't agree with, if they started, like, stealing all the time, then maybe you'd be like, well, I'm probably not going to be in a relationship with you anymore.
1: Well, I mean, and that's <laughs> a good point because I think that in a relationship, both sides um have to keep up, like, their end of the bargain. They have like, some responsibility. They have responsibility. But, like, in this relationship, God doesn't have any, like, thing to keep up. He, like, he has no – there's no blame put on him if he, like – doesn't answer your prayer or like doesn't come through for you when you need him. It's like, Oh man, but yeah, I still, God, like
0: I still have a personal relationship. I still have with a
1: I. personal relationship with him because I was talking to him the because whole time, I, yeah. even though he didn't say anything to me or answer me or help me, Yeah, you know, because I, because I guess I don't know. I guess I, I'm not smart enough to know what his plan is for me. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that's like a, an excuse the for the silence.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so I, I, I think about the same time that we were realizing this, I I was writing and I found this journal entry that I wrote um, from about um, maybe two years ago or a year and a half ago. I can't remember when, but I was thinking about um, my breakup with Jesus. So thinking about my loss of faith seems like a breakup, like I broke up with Jesus And now I talk smack about him to all my friends like he was crazy. He made me depend on him all the time and told me I was nothing without him. I was shit on my own. I needed to spend all my time with him or I'd feel guilted. And if I wanted to do something on my own, he'd say I was selfish. I wrote that and then I was like I was like so blown away by that thought because it's like so blasphemous. But I was just thinking it seems so clear now how abusive that relationship was. Yeah.
0: And I think talking about that, we kind of. And dug in and wanted to look up like what are some signs of an abusive relationship mm-hmm. like in real life? Not this is from so we looked this up. It's on a totally like non-Christian uh, source. And it's, it's from NewHopeForWomen.org, um, and it outlines some of the signs of an abusive relationship.
1: All right, number one, jealousy. At the start of the relationship, an abuser will equate jealousy with love. The abuser will question the victim about who the victim talks to, accuse the victim of flirting, or become jealous of time spent with others. The abuser may call the victim frequently during the day, drop by unexpectedly, refuse to let the victim work, check the car mileage, or ask friends to watch the victim.
0: The whole first half of that. So
1: (laughs) it's just very, yeah, what what are you going to say? I was just going to
0: say, this. you know, this says the abuser will question the victim about who the victim talks to. It's like... In the Bible literally tells you like don't associate with the world, like only associate with Christian things. Well
1: just the fact that it says jealousy in the verse in the Bible, like about God being jealous. Yeah, the, God is a jealous God. Right. He like comes out and says it. He admits he is.
0: Okay. So that's, you know what that's I mean? the first one.
1: And then even like in this, like The abuser may ask friends to watch the victim for him. That's what accountability partners are.
0: Oh, absolutely. People are watching
1: you as a Christian, making sure you are living up to what God's plan is for you, asking you if you have done anything bad and like what your sins are.
0: Totally. So,
1: okay. That's the first one. Second one is controlling behavior. In the beginning, an abuser will attribute controlling behavior to concern for the victim. For example, the victim's safety or decision-making skills. As this behavior progresses, the situation will worsen, and the abuser may assume all control of finances or prevent the victim from coming and going freely.
0: This one is so spot on. I, I feel like that first part about how um God's like control over you is for your own benefit. It's to protect you because the world is so dangerous or like you can't trust your own decision-making skills. So mm-hmm. you need to make sure you give all of that to God and, and filter everything through God. Mm-hmm. And it's so it's like outlined over and over again, in the Bible, you know, don't trust, don't trust the world. Don't trust your own understanding. Don't trust your own wisdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, lean not on your own understanding,
1: but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight.
0: Good girl. <laughs>
1: it's, it does seem like in the beginning, you know, when you are first becoming a born again believer and everybody's telling you all of the rules, you're, you're maybe thinking, wow, there's like so many rules. Like don't have sex with your boyfriend before you get married. Don't like, uh, don't go to this party. Don't wear this short skirt. Like, you know, all these rules, but, but we're doing, we're asking you to do these things because it will protect you. And God says your life will be better if you follow these rules. Like obedience to him is the best way to live. You know, they're, they're using the excuse that like, you're going to be happier if you follow these rules. And I feel like, That's like the initial sort of controlling behavior. And and afterwards, you realize that they were just trying to say that your life would be better if you follow these rules. And when you get out, you realize that, hey, I'm not following these rules anymore, but I still have happiness. I have fulfillment in my life and everything, you know, but it's it's just like, okay, this this being is controlling me.
0: Yeah. Uh, Like the gospel message starts out with like basically trying to convince you that you're not okay.
1: Yeah. And And, in order to be like safe and and saved.
0: Yeah, you better come to God because you didn't know this before, but now you know that you're, like, destined to peril, to Mm -hmm. perish, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay, on to the next one.
1: All right, the next one is quick involvement. A victim often has known or dated the abuser for a brief period of time before getting engaged or living together. The abuser will pressure the victim to commit to the relationship. A victim may be made to feel guilty for wanting to slow the pace or end the relationship. This one is so relevant to crew when you are reading tracks to people your prerogative is to get them to read that prayer and people are like i don't know like i want to like i want to like see what god is like or jesus is like for a little while no you need to have them read the prayer yeah. because like it's exactly the same as this you're pressured to get into the relationship quickly
0: right or you're it's, pressured to get into it and commit right then not well, think, and, and not in, think about it in the crew scenario We were pressured to share the tracts with people and then try really hard to get them to pray the prayer so that we could mark down in our journal that we had saved someone.
1: I know a lot of other Christians, even without the tract, there is pressure for them to get into the relationship with Jesus quickly because they say, well, what if you died tomorrow?
0: Yeah, right. You
1: would go to hell. Like, So you're pressured. You can't think. You just are pressured to get into this relationship, to commit
0: is really manipulative.
1: All right, unrealistic expectations. An abuser expects the victim to meet all of the abuser's needs, to take care of everything emotionally and domestically. All right, this one makes me think right before I even go into the description, but like when I'm reading the title, unrealistic expectations. I think, like, when you first get into Christianity, it seems so easy. Like, all you have to do is pray this prayer or just give yourself to Jesus, you know, and open your heart and let him in and and you can have this relationship with him. But I think as you go and as you're learning, as you're reading the Bible, there's, like, more and more things you need to do. I don't know. Do you see feel this yeah, way? Yeah, totally.
0: I yeah. mean, like, there's over and over again in the Bible, there's calls to, like, get rid of your sin. Um, yeah. like call calling you to righteousness, calling mm-hmm. you to give up things, calling you to commit yourself more, saying the- if you're not one hundred percent committed if you're lukewarm, then you're worse than if you weren't a Christian at all.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, and like even other Christians put that pressure on you. Like you need to be reading your Bible every day. You need to be constantly talking to God. You need to be reading Christian books. You need to be doing all of these things. And I feel like if you would talk to a Christian, they'd be like, well, you don't need to be doing those things. But like when you get involved, they tell you that you should do these things. Right. And it's sort of like you, have to, you either have to become this perfect Christian or you will fall. You, you know, and so like in order to be in this relationship, you kind of have all these expectations. You need yeah. to go to church. You need to keep confessing your sins. Yeah. You need to read this. You need to read this. You need to pray this. So it's kind of like I feel like it's unrealistic as a person. You are constantly feeling like you're falling short.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, the Bible called it. We're like called to be perfect. Christians are called to be without blame, you know. Yeah. Um, which is impossible as far as I can tell. And
1: but some verses say, like, it's okay to be simple. (laughs) And some verses are saying, like, you know, you need to, like, do all of these things. You need to be constantly be ready for Jesus to come. You need to. You know what I mean? It's like a double standard. You never know if you're like fine just being who you are or if you should constantly be refining yourself.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: I think it's just a very unrealistic expectation of who you can be as a human. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Next one is isolation. An abuser will attempt to isolate the victim by severing the victim's ties to the outside, to outside support and resources. The batterer will accuse the victim's friends and family of being troublemakers. The abusi- abuser may block the victim's access to use of vehicle work or telephone service in the home. Um, this one just seems like when you tell Christians to cut out their non-christian friends or not be unequally yoked and don't watch like Harry Potter and Lord of the don't read Lord of the Rings and, and don't read books from other religions. Yeah. It's isolating. It's you are only allowed to be around Christians and read christian material.
0: material. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, next one. Blames others for problems. An abuser will blame others for all problems or for the abuser's own shortcomings. Someone is always out to get the abuser or is on Or is an obstacle to the abuser's achievement. The victim or potential victim will be blamed for almost anything. And this one is the whole, our whole beef with why. Why is it never God's fault yeah, for not following through? Right. It's always our fault. We're always the one to blame when something's not working out. It's our fault.
0: If your mom suddenly were to die of cancer or something, that's not God's fault. That's that's part of God's plan because God is mysterious. And mm-hmm. maybe you should learn how to find, God's, find joy through that.
1: Through or- the... I don't know, through your suffering. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
0: it's like anything bad that happens, God is never blamed for that or never allowed to blame God for anything bad that happens in the world. But when um, anything good happens to us, then that's
1: attributed to God. All right, I'm skipping over a few here and I'm going to verbal abuse. This behavior involves saying things that are intended to be cruel and hurtful, cursing or degrading the victim or putting down the victim's accomplishments. I think this one is super subtle, but like we said before, like this gets in your head, like to be told that you're sinful over and over again and that you're nothing without God is a kind of verbal abuse.
0: It's absolutely verbal abuse. And it's, it's cloaked in this like shroud of, righteousness. but guess what
1: you're saved. You yeah. know, it's like it, there is a positive spin off it, but like, what if you just stop yeah. in the beginning?
0: What if you stopped telling yourself and stopped preaching to people that they were horrible sinners and yeah. that they were worthless without God over and over again? Another one, I actually skipped over this one, but I think it's appropriate here. Hypersensitivity it says an abusive person is easily insulted, perceiving the slightest setbacks as personal attacks. There are a uh, countless number of examples in the Bible where someone did something so small to offend God and he like, he killed him right away. Mm. Like, look back. Yep. You're turned into a pillar of salt. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: stumble, the ark is going to fall and touch the ground. Don't touch it. Oh, someone touched it. You're dead.
1: You're right. You know, you're God right. is
0: very, very sensitive very and touchy. very like insecure. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, yes. All right. Here's one. Dual personality. Doctor Ch- Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Explosive behavior and moodiness, which can shift quickly to congeniality, are typical of people who beat their partners. All right. This is like the Old Testament and the New. It's Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah. Absolutely. God is God. Like God is Jesus. Jesus is God. Jesus is like awesome. He's like he's he's missed. Who is he? Dr. Jekyll. Sorry. And he's like, he's kind. I mean, most of the time. He's like kind. He's like giving some good advice. He's saying nice things. He wants to bring us to heaven. He's dying for our sins. And then you have God in the Old Testament who's super moody. It says explosive behavior and moodiness. Like Joe just said, he is very sensitive and touchy. He kills for stupid reasons as this explosive behavior. There's two sides of him. And I feel like there's verses where it says like his anger will burn forever and verses that where he says, god will not hold a grudge yeah and right. i feel like that's it's so such an example of like his two the sides of his right. personality
0: yeah he's the prince of peace but also he like killed whole villages of people and women and children because of something
1: he's the yeah. prince of peace and he did not come into this world to bring peace but, but the sword. sword yeah so i don't understand there's yeah. there's two personalities here all right so we have threats of violence uh, this consists of any threat of physical force meant to control the partner. Um so the the biggest threat of violence here we have is you if you do not follow me, I will send you to hell. Yeah. So I mean, there is like I don't even know if we could top that one. There's like a biggest <laughs> no, the biggest like that? threat of violence. If you don't have a personal relationship with me, Whatever and you that don't means. submit yeah. to me you will be thrown into the fire. And I tried to tell you about it, but it's your fault that you're going. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like.
0: Well, the Bible says that like no man has an excuse. That is something I want to say too, is I think that a lot of Christians could say like, well, God doesn't want to throw you into hell. You know, like that's, it's not God throwing you into hell. It's, it's your separation from God that makes it, that makes you have to go to hell when you mm-hmm. die instead of heaven mm-hmm. or whatever. But I think we need to zoom out one more step and realize that god created this system Mm -hmm. god is the one who made the punishment for not loving him enough and following him like in a devoted enough way he's the one who made the punishment for that going to hell Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's he set up the system you know that's his thing that's his responsibility yeah
1: if god is all-powerful he could defeat the devil he He could could, have done a
0: different system where like most of the world's population didn't go to hell but he made it in such a way that everyone does go to hell
1: and it's so funny because this is something that as a christian i could not hear right but like it seems No,
0: it's like wow this is honestly being on the other
1: side it feels like everything makes more sense now and i don't have to squash my beliefs you know my square beliefs into like the round hole of like actual reality yeah
0: right you know right
1: Okay, so that list was very um, revealing. And the first time we read it out loud to each other, it was is kind of scary because it seemed like we had been in an abusive relationship. You can think what you want about that, but it's just something to think about. Um, So after that, we started thinking about our real earthly relationships. What did we like about them? So I liked – Joe, I like okay. being with you because I can see you. I can hear you and I can touch you. And I feel like you really respect me. I don't need to be in complete sub- submission to you. And I don't need to change myself and I don't need to remove my sins so that you can come into my heart. Um, I know that you actually like love me like exactly as I am without condition, without obedience. Even when I'm mean, you still kiss me and hug me mm. and I don't have to like, apologize and grovel before you yeah you love my free will real self and i feel more loved and understood by you than i ever did by god and i was always afraid to admit that until now
0: yeah that is that is like so um so revealing of what what the relationship with our like real friends in Mm -hmm. the real world were versus our relationship with god because as i think about it now i realize that my relationship with you Like the love that you have for me, even though it's not perfect, it's so much better, so much more unconditional Mm -hmm. than God's love was. Mm -hmm. Everyone likes to say like God loves you unconditionally. You know, he he loves you so powerfully, so completely. But does he there? I the way I read it now, looking back on it, there are a ton of conditions to Mm -hmm. be loved by God. It's like if you don't if you don't follow him with your whole heart, he's going to throw you into hell. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem loving. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you be
1: either hot or cold, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth.
0: Yeah, that's terrifying, too. It's, it's like not even like try to love me and I'll love you back and bring you to heaven. It's like if you aren't completely sold on me, you're going to hell. Oh, you didn't love me quite enough. So you're going to hell. Oh, you're lukewarm. I'm going to throw you at hell.
1: You and know? I feel like people would say, well, that's not really true. Like that's not, but it, I mean, there's verses that make you think that. And maybe there's another verse that makes you think something different. And it's like, how much do I need to do to, in order to be safe in this relationship? I never felt safe. There's I no had answer. to constantly like rededicate myself to Jesus in order to feel safe. Yeah. Like with you, I don't have to go over my marriage vows every single day. You know, <laughs> right. if we have a fight, I feel safe still. Yeah. Because I know that you don't love me based on your those kinds of things yes yeah. yeah it's it's so crazy
0: so third our our whole time when we were christians we really felt like our relationship with jesus was benefiting us mm-hmm. i did mm-hmm. and i mean i think you did. i did totally you i totally felt
1: like that right. i was i was feeling the love of jesus and he was like in me like telling me giving all kinds of things giving like, me life yeah mm-hmm.
0: but now on the other side of it it has become so clear that that's what a victim of relationship of an abusive relationship, like the one we just were reading about would feel, you feel like you always have to do more. And like, if there's any problem in the relationship, then it's cause you messed up. Or if, if the abuser, if God is like upset with you, or you feel like you've done something to offend God, then you need to come quickly and like grovel at his feet and apologize and ask, f- beg for forgiveness from him. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's like, we could never have seen those red flags never have seen our relationship with God in this way while we were in it.
1: Mm-hmm. And at least even, I don't think we could have. No, I, mean, I don't no one think so. brought this
0: up to us at any point. And we but would have like,
1: told them that they were like crazy and that they were like so blasphemous. Yeah. Or you know like what I you mean? just don't
0: understand what it's actually like to yeah, be in a relationship. Yeah, you don't – exactly.
1: You don't understand what it's like. Yeah. But
0: I'm saying now that relationship is abusive and it's not a relationship at all because what it is is me reading the Bible and trying to understand the words that a man – 2000 years ago plus wrote on this page. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's God talking to me. I'm just reading a book and then I'm praying to God, which is just me thinking Mm -hmm. words in my head Mm -hmm. to like an invisible God that I hope is listening without ever receiving a single confirmation that anyone's actually on Mm -hmm. the other end of the phone.
1: And maybe you did receive what you thought was a confirmation, but like even now in life i hear things or see signs but i just realized that that's just life or that's just being a person or that's just having a thought
0: right yeah totally
1: so it's hard because like i see us looking back and we like well god did talk to us Mm -hmm. he talked to us through this verse or he put a sign on a bus and i related it back to him (sighs) but like if you're constantly engrossed in religion, you see it everywhere. Right. And that's anything. If you are obsessed with red Mini Coopers, you will see them everywhere. If you are obsessed with a certain song, you will notice that you hear it more on the radio. Totally. Or yeah. hear it everywhere that's because you're how looking our for it. Brain it's works. confirmation bias. Yeah, absolutely. So, I don't so, know. I hope we don't sound like too angry right now. We're talking about something so like scary. Is this, is Jesus an abuser, abuser? Yeah. You know, this is serious. You know, if me as a Christian were to hear myself talk this way, this I'd be like, like joking you're, yeah. you're, going to hell right you know what i mean but like really this this is serious what are we believing what are we like subscribing to in this religion yeah take it seriously and really think it through are you actually like happy is, is this actually a fulfilling relationship are you feeling like you're submitting are you a constantly a slave are you feeling like an empty shell like crap and like only good when like you can hear from god
0: Right. do know And if you are, then is that relationship a relationship, first of all, Mm -hmm. and if you decide somehow that that is a relationship to you, is that one that is worth having and that is giving you life? And thirdly, is that a loving God who would relate to you in that way? And my answer to that is no, I've decided no, that is not a love. that's not how a loving God or a loving person or anyone who has any kind of love for me would relate to me. Um mm-hmm. But I think that's something that everybody has to decide for themselves, mm-hmm. of course.
1: Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening yeah. to this podcast. I hope it was insightful and not too rough for you. Um We wanted to talk about how we have a new website. It's called bornagainagain.co. So if you are just like joining this community or you want to like click around on there please visit it has oh, you know, like resources, resources and- like yeah books or documentaries that we found helpful or healing or just like funny and uh, some more blog posts yeah all and- of
0: these podcasts will be on there as well with all any of the podcasts that have like links that we talk about we link it in the the podcast post yeah and on so we'll Born again Again.co.
1: i'll link the the abusive relationship and all of oh, yeah. the, the posts to john piper and what billy graham has to say i'll link those in the Description of this podcast on our website. So it's bornagainagain.co. Thanks for listening.
0: All right. Have a good day. Bye.
1: Bye.